Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. I'm glad you could attend. Again, you are listening to the Let's Talk Hemp podcast. I am your host, Morris Beagle. Welcome to the show. Hello, friends, and Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023, a year that will prove positive for the hemp industry. So do not fret, do not quit. The industry is only going to grow over the next three to five to 10 to 20 years. Our time is coming slowly but surely. The hemp industry has more opportunities now and increasing significantly into the foreseeable future than at any other time in our industry's short history. So with that, we're going to get into the episode, and I am going to continue on with the Tie Tapes Volume 1 series that I started in mid-December after getting back from the Asia International Hemp Expo and the second annual Environmental Hemp Forum that I was honored to participate in, doing a couple of panels. Uh, what panels were those? That was like a global hemp economy panel, and then a hemp paper and deforestation panel. But anyway, I was able to participate along with numerous other hemp leaders, pioneers, and OGs from around the world, like five continents around the world. So that was awesome. And I was also fortunate to interview several of these folks. And this week's guest for episode four of the Tie Tapes Volume 1 series is longtime hemp activist, collector, museum curator, historian, attorney, entrepreneur, and all-around hemp badass, Don E. Wirtshafter. He's coming up next. Well, here we are at Cincy Villa and hanging out with Donnie Workshafter. What's going on, man? Hey, there could be no better place to hang out, Morris. This, this is a paradise for sure. The Drogas family has done an amazing job here. And they've kept us wined and dined for three days now. And the party continues, but I have to leave. Yeah. Well, it has been a very good time. There's no question about that. But now that I've actually got you on a recording, because you're a hard man to to record these last 20 years, evidently, what do you think about Thailand and coming out here for this event and where they're at? Out of the box. Well, yeah, out of the box. <laughs> That's one of the best trade shows I've ever been to. Best first-time trade shows for a country. For sure. This was an extremely dynamic, professional show. Everything ran on time. Every speaker showed up. They took care of us from from the moment we woke up until night. Great food, great opportunities for all the different speakers to meet and hang out with each other and learn from each other. The Thai people could not have been more accommodating. And I believe that all the businesses that displayed at the trade show felt really good about the attendance and the interest in all their products. I completely agree because as a trade show organizer myself and knowing everything that goes into it, for a first-time event, this is probably the best first-time event in this particular space that I've ever seen. They did a great job. And the enthusiasm and Mm -hmm. the government support the folks that showed up here from various countries and continents, it was well done. And, you know, I think we 
provided a necessary counterpoint to the first impacts of their legalization, which is there are now more pot shops than 7-Elevens, which is amazing because there's 7-Elevens on every corner in Thailand. And it's amazing how from nowhere to 60, all the mafias have moved in to monopolize the market here too. You know, I'm not I'm not sure on the cannabis <laughs> side, but I, at least on the industrial hemp side, I, I'm very optimistic about what the initiatives are that have been directed by the Queen and the research that's been worked on for the last 10 to 20 years. years. Yeah. yeah, so it's, and when they finally flip the switch, it's like they've got things in place, they're putting in place, and they've watched how things have operated in other parts of the world and the issues that have been, whether it's in Europe or America, you know, Canada or U.S. and other parts, where hopefully, and it seems to be a better situation from a regulation standpoint, where they're not going to interfere to the capacity that they do in other areas. Well, they have a big advantage here, in that if you go back into the history of, if you go look at this culture, in the, especially the minority hill tribes, the Hmong tribes, these are the people that fought on our side in the Vietnam War and were instrumental in, in it. The, the, these hill tribes people have hemp at the center of their culture. They see it as the deity that brings their birth and so a new baby is wrapped in him. And it's the deity that they go to when they die. So the body, your corpse is wrapped in hemp. And when you get married, you're wrapped in hemp. And there's all these traditions and, and all that. You know, if you're not dressed in hemp, then God's not going to recognize you on the other side. And, you know, just um, beliefs in their culture like that that have preserved their culture and preserved hemp culture here in Thailand. So they didn't have to reinvent this wheel. The research scientists simply had to go out into the hills and meet the people that had preserved these this way of life and learn from them and so they've had rapid amazing progress in the development of seeds and the development of techniques for processing the fiber and the creation of finished handicrafts for sale immediately and in the long term you know, manufactured goods that are going to travel the world hearing you speak about that once let's lead into the next part of this where you're a historian and you are a collector and you have a knowledge base about this plant as much as anybody else on the planet. I mean, the, the great thing about this gathering, to have you and Ben Dronkers and Alan Dronkers and Paul Stanford who are like super well-versed in the history of this plant. Your museum collection is probably... If it's second to somebody, it's second, second to Ben. Ben's. And ben, ben credits me for getting him started on the whole idea of collecting him. So, you know, Ben has built a nice museum on what I taught him, and I'm building a much better museum on what Ben's teaching me. So it's been a great relationship for 30 years. My museum opened up, and it's open at times. We're having, uh, it's not even growing problems. It's even getting off the ground started problems, but... 
I spent COVID building out a beautiful old coal company general store and office into a class A ballroom and uh, auditorium and museum space. And I couldn't be happier with the space. Actually getting the museum going, that's a lot harder. Um, we're working on it. It's in Athens, Ohio. You can look at us at cannabismuseum.com. And uh, I'm Donnie Wartschafter. I'm the director. So you can write Don at cannabismuseum.com if you have any questions for me. Well, I can just say that thank you for all of your years of advocacy and activism and commitment to the plant and to the industry and to spreading the knowledge of all that truly is with this plant. Without people like you and Ben and Paul and Chris Conrad and really a select you folks that have been out there for so long and that impact is truly starting to show fruition for what's happening around the world. So the What's happening here in Thailand is a tribute to work that you've done. And obviously we should talk about Jack Hare a bit because he was a, lot, a voice that's helped shout this to the rooftops. But the, there's really a select handful of folks that have really just... You know, yeah, there were a, a couple dozen of us, you know, and a growing amount of people after that that were determined to create a hemp industry despite Jack. Career. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, Jack was a great mouthpiece. He wasn't a very good business person. And, um, but it allowed the creation of an industry. And the beauty is we got along and, and grew this industry together for a long time and created the Hemp Industries Association and taught each other the tricks of the trade and created standards of excellence. And, um, you know, as the industry grew, it got a little tenser and a little harder to get along with everybody, but we keep trying. That's all we can do. Not everybody's going to see eye to eye on everything and get along all the time, but there's a lot of committed people to the plant and to the industry, and things are a lot further along now in 2022 than they were in 1992. So I, while well, I was here in Thailand, my, the focus of my presentation was showing the historical context of cannabis, mostly from a Western perspective, and you know, in the medicine that came out of Rome and came out of Germany and spread throughout the Western world, where they separated cannabis sativa and cannabis indica, and that was basically separating CBD from THC and Cannabis Americana was the mix of the two. As soon as they had the two apart, they thought they had two different plants, but they quickly got interbreeding and didn't have the technology or the had too much fear of the plant or they didn't know the chemistry. So they couldn't really take these two genies back out of the bottle apart from each other. And we had a mosh of plants around 1870, 1880, and cannabis lost its reputation as being a reliable medicine because of all the interbreeding that happened. But mostly through the over thousand containers that we've collected from the dispensing of cannabis prior to 1937, we've proven how reliable of a medicine it was considered 
how well the doctors understood THC from CBD versus the combination of the two. They certainly understood decarboxylation and would sell you a raw tincture or a cooked syrup to give you THCA or THC. And all these other features, they understood quickly product quality, standardization, in all the lessons of the modern pharmaceutical industry, cannabis evolved by 1937. It was a modern-day pharmaceutical, but it got squeezed off the shelf for no good reason at all other than politics. The pharmaceutical industry basically put the kibosh on everything. Everything, yeah, and it, it's still working. It, we're only getting some industrial hemp because the handcuffs are starting to come off the uh, medical and recreational use of cannabis. And uh, we, we understood that 20 years ago. It was everybody trying to find cracks at the egg to, to get the egg open because it was a really tough egg that, <laughs> that we were trying to crack. Quick other point here. So this legislation that Biden just signed seems like it's pretty pharmaceutical driven for medical research and all this stuff. Oh, the, he signed the, the research check. I hadn't yeah. paid attention yeah. to the U.S. Well, yeah, so I know we, we're, we're like stuck yeah. in Thailand. But <laughs> yes. it's, no, no, it's, it's embedded. <laughs> this is embedded. We're not stuck. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, um, I understand. This is the, about research. It, sure. It, it got crazy because... Understand that all these synthetic cannabinoids weren't developed for recreational use. They were developed for use in the lab where they needed strong chemicals to enhance the uh, endocannabinoid system or to block aspects of it. And then these things, 20 years after their invention, started to make it out of the lab and into the Chinese labs and into the U.S. recreational market. And there were all kinds of unplanned circumstances about it that uh, really um, almost cost cannabis its reputation and still might. It's a crazy world we have out here. It, and I'm a big advocate for the natural plant. I'm a, I'm a smoker. I'm a joker, a midnight toker. Yeah, yeah right. But I think, <laughs> I, you know, it's hard to get a vape in my, one of these vapes into my mouth at all other than just the taste of the yuck that people put in them these days. And, you know, I hated that the industry started out really nice with those things and it went to the bottom really fast and that I wouldn't touch the stuff on the market today. And stuff like that's going on that makes me really discouraged about the future. It's like we have to learn the lesson that the pharmaceutical industry learned a little over 100 years ago where once bottles became cheap and that everybody with a wagon could be in the pharmaceutical industry, used taking old bottles or used bottles or new bottles and putting who knows what in it and selling it as the latest cure and, or putting drugs in it and not telling people and getting them addicted. All these things were going on before the industry got regulated by the government in 1906 and 1913 and on. And it professionalized that industry and created the large pharmaceutical companies that we know of today. They were all making cannabis products. I can prove that. And they were all competing over the best of their cannabis products and breeding better cannabis and talking about the quality of their their quality of American-grown cannabis is as good as the best imported Asian cannabis and all these things through the 1930s until it was taken away from them. But 
you know, cannabis was a reputed mainstream medicine that was not controversial until it was made controversial as a matter of social planning and, and um, um, sabotage. Well, Donnie, do you have just laid down the fucking facts like nobody else? <laughs> I greatly appreciate that. And for sure, Morris. Good luck with you. Good luck with your shows. It's great to hang out with you in Thailand. Yeah. All right. Thanks again for everything you've done. All right. Have a good trip home. All right. You too. Thanks. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms podcast. I started the Pop Moms podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.